H12, what it do? Good to see you guys today. So happy that you guys are here. Listen, I have the privilege tonight of sharing with you guys out of the life of David, the story of David and Bathsheba. Now, before I get into that tonight, I want to ask a real quick question. Does anybody here feel like they kind of want a break from school, from their job, from like their parents or whatever? Anybody else feel that way? Definitely. Now, here's the thing. Is anybody going to dig next week? That is going to be an awesome time. It's going to be a great time to get away and get a little break. And spring break's coming up in a couple weeks. You guys are excited about that. Now, listen, I'm super excited about having a break, about getting some time off. And let me tell you something that I'm most excited about. This summer, I am getting married to the most beautiful girl in the world. Her name is Jasmine. There's some pictures of us on the screen. And after our wedding, we are going on a honeymoon to Spain, and we're going to visit Paris. We are doing the whole thing. So I cannot wait for that trip. It's going to be awesome. And here's my thing. It's so good to have a break from time to time. It's good to just relax, rejuvenate yourself, you know, uh, do something just for you. It's good to treat yourself from time to time. You know what I'm saying? It's great. And as a matter of fact, I have a video clip I want you guys to watch of some people that feel the exact same way. Can we go ahead and play that clip? It's so true, though. It's so good to treat yourself and take a break from time to time so you can rejuvenate and just get yourself together. Here's the thing, even though it's good to take a break from time to time, also there's just certain things in our lives that we can just never take a break from. I kind of feel this way towards relationships. I never understand how a couple says that they're on a break because either you're dating or you're not dating. I got a witness here. And here's the truth that I see about people that take breaks. Usually when a couple decides to take a break, What's actually happening is, is that one person in the relationship is like, look, I really like you, but I kind of just want to do my own thing for a little while, so that's why we're going to go on this break. That's usually what happens when someone really wants to take a break. Now, the thing about that is, not only does that not work well in relationships, but that also doesn't work well with our relationship with God. Because when it comes to our relationship with God, we always need to be fighting for God, and we always need to be fighting for the things of God. And when we don't fight, we fall, and we will fall into all types of traps. And that's exactly what we're going to see in the life of David tonight. So if you have your Bibles, and if you don't have one with you, there's one that should be underneath your seat. I want you guys to open up to 2 Samuel chapter 11. And if you're using the house Bible that's underneath your seat, that is page 309. Now, while you guys are turning there, let me give you guys a quick recap of David's life. Last time we saw David... He was just a shepherd boy. He was working for his dad. And then he ends up with an opportunity of fighting this giant soldier named Goliath, who we believe to be over nine feet tall. David kills this guy with the slingshot. And ever since then, David has grown in popularity and fame. And David has been in many battles since then and has won every battle. As a matter of fact, in 2 Samuel chapter 10, David kills 700 men with chariots and 40,000 men on foot. David has been putting in work. Believe me. 
So here's the thing. David's been doing all of this, and he's growing in fame. And even though, uh, you know, Israel is still in war, Israel is always winning because of David. But the secret to David is not that he's just a good soldier, but that he loves the Lord. And he always fights for the things of the Lord, and he fights for his people, for the Lord. So we're going to check 2 Samuel chapter 11, where we see David kind of change from his usual fighting for the things of God. If you have your Bibles again... Uh, We're in 2 Samuel chapter 11, and I'm going to read the first couple of verses. And it says this. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around the roof of his palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now we're going to stop right there because there's a few things that I want you guys to get from what we just read so far. If you guys are taking notes, what I want you guys to see in the first thing is that when we don't fight, we lose sight of what's right. I'm going to say it one more time. When we don't fight, we lose sight of what's right. And we see this in David's life. David has become king. He's ruling, over the, he's ruling over Israel, and Israel's doing great, and he's fighting for Israel. But then he decides that he feels that he needs to take a break. And David has every earthly reason to take a break. He's been fighting hard. Everybody loves him. And even though he's not even at the battle, the army that David is responsible for is still winning the fight. So there's no reason for him to go to the war. But the thing is, David was called by God to be king, and if kings should be at war, then David also should have been at war. And the thing is, when we take a break from doing the things that we know we should be doing, we always end up on a road of distraction that takes us farther than we expected and keeps us longer than we intended. Here's an example. Have you guys ever had a time when you were studying for your homework or like a test or something? And then like for a second, you're kind of like, you know what? Let me check my phone real quick. Let me go on the internet. Let me see, you know, just what's happening in the world. And then like an hour later, you're still on Vine. You're still Snapchatting people. You're still stalking somebody's profile that you don't know or whatever. You're sliding in somebody's DMs. Whichever case it is, whatever you do, It always happens. Those always happen when we try to take a break for just for a second. Now, I've done that plenty of times before, and I got to admit, anytime I always stalk somebody on, like, Facebook or Instagram, I always have this mini panic attack when I almost like a picture from them from, like, 40 weeks ago or something. Anybody else done that before? I know I'm not the only one. All right, I see those hands. That's what's up. But my point here is this is that we intended for that small break to be only for a second, yet it ended up taking us longer and further than we ever expected it to be. This is what happens with David. David decides to take a break from, you know, fighting for God and fighting for the things of God and going to war, and he goes up on the top of his palace, and that day of all days is when he notices that there is a woman bathing outside where he can see. And this many times happens with us spiritually. When we take a break from the things of God, that's when we always seem to end up having things pop up on our computer that we weren't expecting to look at but end up indulging in. That's when we get invitations from friends and from that ex-boyfriend or girlfriend that you know you shouldn't be messing with that you kind of end up entertaining a little longer than you should because you were taking a break. 
that always seems to happen when we decide to not be in the fight. And when we don't fight, we lose sight of what's right, and we end up entertaining it. David, being a man of God, should have never looked and gazed upon that woman who was bathing for so long, but he ends up entertaining looking at her for so long that he ends up wanting to know her name. And this brings me to my second point. When we don't fight, we will use others. Now, let me, make the, let me explain this. So David, he sees this girl, and he's watching her bathe, and eventually he wants to know who she is. Now, there's no Facebook or whatever at the time, so he can't just check her Facebook page and see what her relationship status is. He's got to get a friend to go find out if it's good to slide in the DMs. So what David does... <laughs> So what David does, he gets the servant, hey, man, go find out who that girl is over there. The servant goes, the servant comes back, and the servant says her name is Bathsheba. She is the daughter of Iliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Iliam was one of David's servants, and then also Uriah was one of David's soldiers that were fighting at war. David should have heard that and said, oh, she's with somebody? All right, never mind. But instead, he finds out that since she, her husband is in war, that he takes advantage of that situation and sleeps with her because her husband isn't around. Now, here's something I also have to mention, because there's a lot of debate, there's a lot of discussion about what exactly is happening here. Why was Bathsheba bathing in a place where David would be able to see her? Was she naive? Did she have no idea what was going on? Or did she was tired, or was she tired of waiting for Uriah and decided to find another way of getting attention for herself? The truth of the matter is we don't know. But one thing we do know for sure is even if she was bathing, which we know she was bathing, even though she was bathing, it was not justification for David to go ahead and take advantage of her the way he did. So let me take a quick tangent and say this because this is very important to me. First and foremost, I believe modesty is important. Ladies, I believe that you need to be careful about what you wear and how you act and how that is communicating to other people around you. However, more importantly, is that no matter how you dress, no matter how you act, it is never a justification for another man to treat you outside of what you're actually worth. <laughs> See, too many times I've had discussions with other guys, and guys would be like, oh, man, you know, I'm trying to be more pure, dog, but... You see, if these girls would just stop wearing this and stop doing that, then uh, maybe I'd be more pure. And I'm like, oh, really? Maybe if you manned up and had more self-control and integrity, you wouldn't fall to those same traps. But that's another sermon, though. We're moving on. My whole point is this. Is that David, knowing he was king was able to take Bathsheba, sleep with her, and then brought her back to her house. And if Bathsheba was in on it, she used her own beauty and a provocative situation in order to get attention and affection from somebody who wasn't her husband. See, when we don't fight, we fall. And many times when we don't fight, we'll fall into the trap of using others as if they were products as if they were something we bought, as if they were something that we can use, take, and, and throw out when it's over. People are never products. People are never property. But when we don't fight for God, we lose sight of the way God has made others to be, and then we feel comfortable using people however we want. 
Many times this shows in relationships. Sometimes we'll use our relationship to take advantage of somebody and use them physically for something that we want. Sometimes we may use our parents for a way that we want. Sometimes we may use other friends and their vulnerability for something that we want. But either way, when we don't fight for God, we'll fall into the trap of being used and using other people. This brings me to my third and final point that we see in the story. When we don't fight, we hide. Now, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into this, but first let me tell you guys a quick story about something that happened to me in college. Now, actually, let me, let me backtrack a little further. Now, when I was younger, when I was your guys' age, we used to have this saying and this phrase uh, called stop snitching. Our snitches get stitches. Has anybody heard that before? Stop snitching, snitches get stitches. Now, for anybody that's never heard of it before, this is basically what it means. If I say no snitching or stop snitching, that means if I do something bad, you don't tell anybody that I did it. That's what not snitching is. So let me fast forward. In college, I was the life group leader for this group of students. And one day when we were supposed to have a Bible study, we decided to watch a movie. Now, uh, I love movies, and this movie was called Safe House, and it had Denzel Washington in it, which is one of my favorite actors. Yeah, some of you guys have seen it. So in this movie, there's this part when Denzel Washington gets waterboarded. Now, for anybody that doesn't know what waterboarding is, waterboarding is when they place you in a chair, they put a rag over your face, and then they pour water on the rag in order to make it feel like you're drowning without actually drowning. And this is considered a form of torture. So we're sitting there and we're watching it, and then a bunch of the guys start saying, man, I wonder what waterboarding really feels like. Like, I wonder, like you know, if it's really as bad as it seems it is. So in every group of guys, and some, in group, some group of girls too, but in every group of guys, there's always that one guy in the group, there's always that guy in the group who's willing to say, let me do it. So that guy says, how about you guys waterboard me and we'll find out how bad it is. And all the guys are like, okay, yeah, cool, let's do it, let's give it a shot. Now let me pause real quick. I'm supposed to be the leader of this group. <laughs> We're supposed to be having a Bible study right now. And also, I'm the only black guy in this group. And for anybody that doesn't know, black people, we don't really do stuff like that, quite honestly. So come back, into the sto come back to the story. They're like, Stephen, you think we should waterboard them? What do you think? And I'm like, man, y'all white people is crazy. <laughs> but let's do it. So. So we sit him down, we put the rag on him, and we waterboard this guy four times. Listen, this is a form of torture, and we waterboarded this guy four times. He's okay, though. He's fine. He gets up. We clean him up. We high-five. And then we're like, listen, no snitching. Because if this gets out, even though this guy was okay with it, all of us will get in trouble, especially me, because I was the leader of the group, and I never should have said this was okay. Long story short, it comes out that we waterboarded this guy four times, and we have to go to the school and get a disciplinary action at student conduct. So before we go, I, as the leader, bring the people together, and I'm like, all right, who snitched? Who did it? So we got one guy, he's like, I didn't say anything. Another guy was like, it wasn't me. And then that one guy in the group, that one guy had to be that guy. He was like, well, uh, I told my mom, but... Uh, I didn't tell anybody else. And my reaction was, bruh. Hmm? 
you told your mother that you went to a Bible study and instead of learning about the Bible, you got waterboarded by your friends? Like, of, of course we would get in trouble for that. Either way, we waterboarded him again because he messed up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Either way, we all get in trouble, especially me, because I was the person who was supposed to be responsible and said no to the whole thing in the first place. Now, let's go back to the story of David. In verses 6 to 27, Bathsheba tells David, I'm pregnant. And David, instead of coming out and being like, man, I got her pregnant. Someone needs to tell Uriah. He's like, I don't want this getting out what I did. So he gets Uriah to come back who, which is Bathsheba's husband, gets you out to come back from the battle. And he's like, hey, man, listen, how about you come kick it with me, have some fun? How about you go visit your wife and da-da-da-da? And then, like, I'll send you back to the war and all of that. And, and, and Uriah, he was like, no, I will not go. I need to fight for my people. I need to fight for the Lord. And then David says, okay, cool. If you don't want to do that, how about you come to me to this party? So he takes Uriah to this party. They have a good time. David gets Uriah drunk, and then he's hoping that Uriah will go back home, sleep with his wife, and then when the baby is born, he'll think it's his. But Uriah still doesn't do it. Uriah ends up sleeping outside because he feels that he needs to be back in the battlefield. David's like, all right, if that's how you want to do it, that's how we'll do it. So David sends him back to the battlefield and manipulates the battle so Uriah is killed on the front lines. It's so shady. And the thing that kind of makes it shadier is when you actually think about what happened from the perspective of Uriah. Uriah gets to come home. He gets to meet the king of Israel, the man known as the man after God's own heart, the person who has fought battle after battle after battle. And he meets King David. King David's smiling at him. He's like, hey, come hang out with me. Come to this party. Let's have a good time. And behind David's smile to Uriah was the truth that he slept with his wife and got her pregnant and wanted him to sleep with her so he wouldn't have to take responsibility for the baby. Many times in our walk with God, when we don't fight, we fall into all types of traps and temptations, things we said we would never do, things we said we would stop doing. And instead of us being open and honest to God and to others about what we do, we hide the same way that David did. We'll have all this drama going on in our lives. We'll have all this secret sin. And then when we come into places like church, age 12, life groups, whatever, we'll put a smile on and we'll behave like everything is fine. When in reality, we have so much mess and hurt going on in our lives. That's the exact same thing that David did. When we don't fight, we'll fall into all types of distractions that take us further than we want it to go, that will cause us to use others and be used. And then instead of being open and honest about what we did, we'll cover it up. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this cautionary tale of David? a man known for being a man after God's own heart, yet does something so evil at the same time. And I'm going to tell you now, 
as the band comes up. If there's anything from this message I want you to remember, it's this. When you don't fight, you fall every time. But the good news is, is that even when we fail to fight, even when we decide to take breaks that we know we shouldn't be taking, God never stops fighting for us. God never stops and takes a break for us. And if this, and if you're the one of those people today where you feel you've taken a break from the things of God, where you've fallen back into old sins and old ways and got yourself into drama, and maybe you're using others or being used by others, and even the fact that you know all of this is happening, but you still want to put on a face that says everything is fine, I want to challenge you today during this next song to deal business with God. To tell God, God, I'm messing up. God, I've fallen. And here's the spoiler alert as well. David messed up big. And we find out later on next week about how he suffers the consequences of his sin. But even though David messed up, God didn't give up on him. And he picks him back up again and gives him new life. And if that can happen to King David who killed a man, that can happen for you today in whatever situation you're dealing with. And if you're somebody who's in the fight still, you've been going at it, you haven't taken any breaks, I want to encourage you today to remain in the fight. Don't get weary and well-doing. Continue to stand up for God. Continue to fight for the things of God. And during this song, let this be a song of celebration for what God is in your life and what you and what he's doing for you. And if you're someone who has fallen, take this time to get back with God and use this song as an opportunity to reignite the relationship you have for him, the fight that you have for him. So Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you that you never give up on us even when sometimes we decide to give up on you. God, for anybody in here today who is struggling, for anybody in here who feels like they've fallen, I pray, Lord, that you pick them back up, that they get back in the fight for the things of you. And if there's anybody in here that has not fallen, that is running that race, that is in that fight, keep them strong, God. Keep them continuing to be a testimony to the other people around them. Let them not grow weary in well-doing. Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for all this being done. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Worship well, age 12. <laughs>